Hello, and after a brief hiatus, welcome back to No Sevens Podcast. I am your host, Silas Walker, here with your co-hosts, David and Caleb. Say hey. Hello. Hello, sorry. I don't know. Kale had himself on mute. I was on mute because there's no background noise, and I'm trying to minimize that. So, uh, just, just hey, we're just gonna go with it. We'll take it out in post. Okay. Now we probably won't take it out in post. It's just it's <laughs> yeah. part of the ambiance. Okay. You know, we just That's love, right. We love movies. We're coming to you raw, unedited, <laughs> genuine. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, really. And we just love movies so much we can't even turn them off while we're recording. Yeah. Actually, I don't know if he's watching a movie or a show. I don't know. Just TV, but yeah. Okay. So, but hello. Well, it is nice to be back. It is nice to be back with these lovely faces that you are listening to. Not <laughs> um, tonight, we are talking about No Time to Die. That's right. Uh, the, the last installment of Daniel Craig's James Bond. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> well it's 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 widely known yeah. that this is the last one there are uh, no spoilers in that, yeah we except were, that you just said spoiler well yeah we're supposed to uh we're we're supposed to do space jam 2 that didn't happen that did not happen i thought it was just gonna be hold up it did happen for me i put my <laughs> i put myself through that terrible terrible movie <laughs> Only for us to be like, nah, we're not gonna do it anymore. Do you want to give us a little like one minute review? Of, uh, it won't. E- it won't even take legacy? me a minute. Uh, hit okay, us with go. your okay. Terrible. The OG Space Jam was not good. This one's even worse. All right. <laughs> Shots fired. So I actually I I rewatched the original Space Jam in preparation for Space Jam Two. It never got to Space Jam 2, but I was pleasantly surprised by the original Space Jam. There's some solid, funny moments. I'm sure there's funny moments, and I think for most people, especially like in our generation, it's pure nostalgia. Uh, but I didn't watch the original until I was in college, and like I just didn't get it. I, I was like, why do so many people like this? To me, it was tacky. It was obviously... I mean, professional athletes have not typically been the best actors in the world, so... Um, the acting was poor, you know, it was just kind of cheesy, the original one, and LeBron is not any better. So, um, yeah, anyway, if you haven't seen it, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say I feel the same way about Hocus Pocus. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> don't get it, seen it once, don't get the hype. I don't think I've ever seen, I think I've seen, like, bits and pieces of hocus pocus but i've never watched it it's worth watching once just so you could have an opinion based on fact but that's it Mm, okay but anyways that's not the movie we're here to talk about that's right we're here to talk about bond james bond James Bond. (laughs) gotta make sure to get that line in there or else it's not a real bond podcast that's right uh man do you guys remember how we do this what's the first thing no non-spoiler review and over under review over under and then we do spoilers all right caleb why don't you kick us off since you've already got the ball rolling with space jam okay um i really i really enjoyed it of course saw it in theaters because it just released it is a new release by the way um i don't know when 
you all are listening to this episode, but if you have the chance to see it in theaters, I would recommend. Um, it's just a really fun experience, and I'm a sucker for a good action movie, so of course I liked it. Um, as far as James Bond films go, I know I've seen probably three, at least three of Daniel Craig's installments, um, but you know, I think each each film kind of stands alone. I mean, if you don't if you haven't seen all the other films, I think that's okay. Um, it's still going to be a pretty good action-packed movie. Uh, and that's what I thought it was. It was it was great. Um, of course, I think the reason James Bond is so uh, classic and just intriguing, especially maybe from a guy's perspective, because it just combines so many amazing things about uh, life. Uh, you have... <laughs> you, got high fa- you got high fashion. You've got... Like a specially trained spy ready to kill. You got amazing cars, cool watches. I mean, there's just so many, and it's just so many things that, as a guy, I'm like, wow, this, this is awesome. So you know, that alone is enough to to push it um, as an over. It's it's definitely over for me. I really liked it, um, but maybe I'm just maybe I'm just a mindless action freak. I don't know. Well, props to you for conspicuously leaving women off that list. <laughs> I was close, but I <laughs> you can you can put it on there. It is I one was of framed. the hallmark tropes of a Bond movie. Yeah. Uh, Silas, um, surprise, surprise is also an over for me. I thought this was a very nice. Um, we've already established that's the last one he did. I thought it was a very nice ending point. Um, it wrapped up a lot of story elements and answered some questions as well. And there was, a, I thought, I thought there was more humor in this one than the past ones, which I really enjoyed. And I thought they did well, not, not too cheesy or anything like that. So yeah, of course the typical bond stuff was all there and good. Um, yeah, solid. Uh, for me, it's an under. Whoa. And I, Whoa. I really enjoyed it while I was watching it, but the more I thought about it, the more I was like, it's just not a good... It. I'll, I almost gave it a seven, but then I thought, you know, this podcast is called No Sevens. So I can't... So, I mean, that kind of gives away my, you guys, my number, you, but... You guys, have already, you guys have already broken that rule. I know, but... I didn't feel like it was like a true seven. I felt like me giving it a seven in this context would be a cop out. Mm. So we'll see if you guys can persuade me to break the rule and go up to a seven. But just the more I thought about it, the more I was like, you know, it has, it had potential to be an over easily. Um, I think Daniel Craig is great as always. I thought the action was great, but I think, it just it was too preoccupied with being a bond film to be a good bond film interesting that's my that's my take so we'll get into that we'll have that. to explore that a little more yeah, yeah. all right but well, david you might not be able to give it a 7 but could you give it a 007 <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> all right are we ready to get into spoilers Yes. All right. Spoilers in three, two, 
one. James Bond was actually dies. his daughter. Oh, I uh, James Bond dying is also yeah. spoiler. I just knew that somebody was going to say that, so I didn't want to say that. The Bond girl finally doesn't die. Oh yeah, well they don't always die. Mm. Uh, yeah, but for the most part, there's at least one. A, a number of times they do die, but they don't always die. This is they true. die a lot in Daniel Craig movies, I feel like. No Time to Die. That's the name of this movie. So, um, Yeah, I have some thoughts about that as well. The title and how it interplays into the plot. What did you guys like about this movie? Mm, I feel like I gave a lot of my likes away at the very beginning. Um, but it's been a minute since I... I mean, I didn't take any time to rewatch um prior James Bond movies. I guess the last one was what? Uh Spectre. 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 Yep. Yeah. Uh, which I'm fairly certain I saw that one as well in theaters. And I didn't, you know so as far as the storyline goes, I was a little like I ha- it took me a little catching up just to like remember kind of I feel because like I always forget like, okay, MI six same thing as CIA. So it like takes me a minute to like realize, like, <laughs> you know, just like kind of refresh my mind on what's going on. But, um, uh, I don't know. I mean, I liked, I liked a, a lot of things. I thought the, the story was, it was maybe a little more, um, not, not personal than, than other ones, but I felt like this definitely like got me connected closer to the characters and other, Bond films or action movies in general. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I think because at the end, James does die. And so it's like, man, I can't believe it's almost, you know, it's, it's over. Um, because you always think the hero's going to escape and he'll find a way out. So that was sometimes, you know, I think we all know, or like we, we think we know how a movie is going to end, but sometimes it's refreshing to like, for it to end, you know, where the hero doesn't live or he doesn't escape or whatever. So it's a little refreshing in that regard. But I just thought, I mean, everything about it is so cool. Like, I mean, the the, the guns, the the cars, everything. I just, it's just cool. When when did you realize he was going to die, Caleb? Uh, Like the very, when he stepped out on the roof. Like, I was like, because mm. even when he went back, I was like, ah, oh, you know, there's going to be something crazy there. You know, who knows what could happen? Nothing is out of the realm of possibility most most of the time. Uh, but then yeah. when he stepped out on the roof, and it was just like, I was like, yeah, I mean, it's over. Like, there's nothing he can do. Those missiles are coming. I mean, it's just it's going to happen. So, I think I realized it when he was fighting the guys in the stairwell um, before he even opened the blast doors for the first time. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was really early. Uh, yeah, I didn't. Uh, think of it at that point. Uh, I did think it was a little bit. I didn't get why. Like it's a missile. It should just be able to just. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Yeah, I guess I wasn't thinking about him dying that early on. Uh, I thought this movie was maybe third in terms of the ranking Daniel Craig movies. Which which two would you put ahead of it? I'd probably put Skyfall number one. 
Yes. Um, number two, maybe Quantum of Solace. Mm, you put Quantum of Solace before Casino Royale. Mm, maybe Casino Royale second, and then this one, and then Quantum of Solace, and then Spectre. That's fair. I haven't watched the first two in a while, or Spectre in a while. Yeah. I liked the continuation of the plot running through all of them. I just enjoy that. Um, rather than like there being a whole new villain unrelated to any other villains, I like the whole like keep it going and bring characters back. I thought that was all really nice. Um, like I said, I thought the humor was a unique thing. I thought that was new. Like there's always been a little bit, but it's been more, it's been very subtle. So in this one, I thought it was pretty new and well done. Yeah, I'll agree with that. <clears throat> James Bond did seem a little bit more, uh, I don't know if chipper is the right word, but just kind of like. More like loose, like devil may care almost. Yes. Yeah. He was a little bit more cavalier, um, which is, I guess, saying something. Uh, he's Well, J- Daniel Craig has been, always been a very sort of like kind of a bit of a brooding bond. Like he's a little, he always seems a little bit like, like vaguely grumpy. Yeah. Um, but he just seemed, so he actually seemed less grumpy in this one. Um, so I will say really good. I mean, Daniel Craig is always great, uh, as bond. So really good performance from him. Uh, that was one of the things I did like about it. And the other thing I did like about it, um, broadly speaking was, I thought the action sequences were were very good, which is to be expected. Um, yes, yes. I really enjoyed uh, some of the car chase scenes. The whole scene at the beginning with the motorcycle in where were they? Was it Morocco? That wasn't Morocco. Like Italy or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, and that was I liked that a lot. I thought that was good. Yeah, it was cool to see him like jumping around on rooftops and stuff like that on the motorcycle. I don't know how realistic that is, but you know, whatever. Did you guys think that she had like turned on him in the beginning? No, I did just because I feel like that's the stereotypical thing for a Bond girl to do. You know, he he falls in love, he builds his trust, and then boom, she's a double agent or something. You know, so and maybe I'm just maybe that never happens, but I feel like that happens. You know, it does. in some cases, so, time. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I expected her to totally be in on it. Yeah, I didn't, I wasn't like, I was pretty sure she was not involved and then it was just like Blofeld messing around. Uh, I didn't think it was going to be Blofeld. That surprised me about that. What did you guys think about, well, what surprised you about that? Just that it was like hidden behind trying to kill them. Yeah, just that it was him behind that whole, like when he was talking to him in the jail, the weird boxy jail. Uh, I was surprised that he was that devious to like plan a way to make Bond think that this girl he really liked or loved had betrayed him yet again in this way from prison. And Mm. I was surprised that that was his plan. Yeah, I like the uh, eyeball guy. 
Hmm. I didn't like him as a character, <laughs> but I liked I liked that there was this guy because I was a little bit like at first I was like, oh, this is going to be real like it's kind of like one of those silly Bond villains who like has some sort of like weird gimmick, like the Jaws guy or like the guy with the razor hats. Yeah. Uh, but the eyeball thing kind of panned out to be like not. It, it wasn't too gimmicky, but it was still like kind of gave him a little bit of like classic blonde, cl- classic yes. blonde flavor. It was just gimmicky enough to be like an homage to the old ones. Yeah, but not like over like it's not like impossible that you could have like a fake eyeball that would like transmit to like somebody else. That's probably like within the realm of possibility with our, even our current technology. I mean, it's just a camera inside an eyeball <laughs> that's like wirelessly transmitting. I suppose. And it's in his skull. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's basically just a GoPro in the shape of a glass eye. Fair enough. A little more advanced. Well, okay. I'm sure. I'm sure. If we put, I'm sure that if we put our minds to it, we could probably figure it out. Yeah. You know, that's going to be yeah. the next GoPro. It's just for people with glass eyes. They just stick in a camera shove it in there yeah what did you not like about this david oh what do we really some... want to go there already oh, oh wow well 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 aren't we we already thought we talked about what we liked for the most part yeah okay uh yeah, I mean, oh we well let's let's talk about the music i mean there's not like oh, okay. you know every film has its signature theme song i mean you have the james bond theme song of course but then you know adele had skyfall I don't know who has Spectre, but um, Sam Smith. Oh yeah, uh, and then Billie Eilish. So Billie Eilish had this mm-hmm. one, um, which this this was, single released. I mean, probably over a year ago. So I've been, I've yeah, heard this song time. plenty of times. Uh, did you guys feel any certain kind of way about her rendition, or you know, her take on this um, kind of the theme song, if you will? I liked it. She's got a pretty voice and better than some other artists that they could have gone with. Yeah, I think she did fine. I'm kind of indifferent to it. I think for so for me, Skyfall is the pinnacle of both the Daniel Craig uh, series and and maybe just Bond films in general. And with that, I think Skyfall, that song, is also the pinnacle of bond like intro songs for me i mean adele so, is like the perfect artist for a bond like intro yeah song. So, hard to top yeah that. i mean so, but I, she did good but yeah she she did well she didn't embarrass herself or anything but didn't i'm probably not gonna go like listen to it whereas i think I, quantum of solace it was jack white and somebody else alicia keys Yes, which, a surprising combo. Which is also is also a good song. Could have been better, I think, but also might be symptomatic of the time in which it was made. Um, but okay, the music. Are you talking about the score? Well, just anything. I know that's typically something that we we will talk about. Is you know, or like that's something that is pointed out. A lot as you know the music, which I think 
the music is just as iconic as any anything else for these movies. So, um, I mean, I enjoyed it. I didn't like take particular note of any you know certain aspect of it that I was like, "Ooh, that was really good," or that. But I, I thought it was. Um, it adds the the intended impact to the movie that I think you know it's supposed to. So I thought it was really good. Hans Zimmer, yep. right? Yes. Now the music is one of the things that I did not like about this. Movie. Whoa, whoa! I take. I think. I think. Oh, Hans is getting a little lazy. Hans. I, Hans. And we know. Okay, look. We know that he has the potential to kind of phone it in. Because of the whole gladiator parts of the Caribbean thing, uh, so, we already discovered this. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So wait, we wait, know wait. it's like, it in. What are you talking about? So like, uh, so like a, a lot of the like motifs from Gladiator just got like, like slightly modified and then recycled in the parts of the Caribbean okay. score. Okay. So if you listen to the two scores, they're very similar. So, I mean, after you've done as many movies as the guy has, I imagine it's hard not to reuse something. That's true, but at the same time, he is a, supposed to be a professional at the leading edge of his field. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Like, I didn't. The music never stood out to me. I love. I like all the Bond motifs and stuff like that, but those aren't really things that he specifically is responsible for. So I, I like sure. I like all that. But as far as the stuff that was specific to this movie and like his unique work for No Time to Die. Nothing stood out to me, and then I think it was like in like somewhere in the whole you know thing where he's like Bond is in the base fighting people. I was like, list. I like noticed the score, and it was just like that very like Hans Zimmer like like you know kind of thing. No, the thing that he's known for from like Inception and and the Dark Knight trilogy and all that kind of stuff. It was just like more of that same stuff, and I was like, this is not. There's nothing. You're not doing anything new here. You're just doing the same thing you've been you were doing a decade ago, which was great. I didn't a decade really ago. notice that, to be honest. Like I, but just in general, I didn't notice a lot of, of the music. Yeah, all that's like standing out. So, so I don't know. That's one of the reasons. Well, that's one of the reasons why I think this movie could have been better than it was, is because like, you're Hans Zimmer. You're doing the final Bond film in Daniel Craig's series, like. You can go, you can kind of go hard here if you want to. And it just kind of felt like he was just doing the same stuff that he's been doing for the past decade. And it was like, like, okay. So for example, Interstellar, phenomenal. Some of his best work, very like original and innovative. This, like he could have done something. I don't know how much time he had to devote to it, but you know, I I, I, I just expect a lot from Hans Zimmer. I almost wonder if he gets pigeonholed as the guy who does the big booming sounds, you know? I don't think he does because he didn't, like, he doesn't have to do that. He's done a lot of other stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I just felt, I don't know why it turned out that way, but I just felt like he could have done something different with the score to make it more memorable and, and less sort of feel less recycled. So that's one of the reasons why I felt like it could have been better. It wasn't a bad score, but it just could have been better. It was just a generic Hans Zimmer score. Like if you just, I feel like if okay. you just played fair. a lot of those songs, you would just be like, I have no idea what movie this is from. It's just from a yeah. movie Hans Zimmer did. I don't know. Ooh. To be fair, I think you might be 
the only one among us that listens to movie scores outside of movies. That's fair. That's also fair. Yeah, I do. Yep. I have listened to a lot of movie scores just independently. So that's what I was gonna say. Hit I, us with some others. It would be kind of fun to like if we pulled up, you know, three different scores from Hans Zimmer and play them and be like try to guess. We each try to guess what like what movie that could have been from. That could be kind of fun, Ooh. but that might be a segment for another day. Yeah, probably another day. Um, what are some other things, David, you didn't like? I'll tell you. Well, if you're looking at something, I can tell you one thing I didn't like. Go for it. We'll see if it's one of the things I didn't like. I'm sure this will be part of one that you didn't like. I didn't like... Uh, I don't think they used Remy Malik to his full potential. And that's probably more either the screenplay or the plot choice. Um, I didn't think they really uh, just had a villain that was, I don't know. He wasn't there enough or involved enough. It was like he, yeah, he was sinister and he had his lines against uh, whatever her name was. But in general, he didn't have enough screen time and he didn't have enough uh, of a well-rounded character. I agree. I mean, what was it? So what was his motivation for what he was doing? What do you guys think? Oh, his character. Yeah. Like what was his motivation for his whole like nanobot nanobots destroy the world plot? At the end there, he was telling James that people didn't want, what was it? They, They didn't want the truth or they didn't want freedom. They wanted to be told what to do. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. He was giving people what they wanted in his mind or enlightening them or freeing them or something. I'm, Is that the point you're making? That it's kind of. vague? Well, it's, it was vague, but it was also like that whole speech was like unsupported by anything else in his whole entire backstory. It was just kind of came out of left field. Like what? Like that? There's nothing. We haven't talked about this before at all. There's nothing like in your like backstory of like your family getting killed that has to do with any of that. Like there's no clear connection between your like like this. Is, it's it was basically just like a line that he delivered that didn't that was completely out of context of the entire movie. It was just like because people don't want freedom, they want oblivion. Like that's so generic and. Like any any villain could have said that, and it would like, well, you could have slid that into like the Dark Knight, and the Joker could have said that. It would have made more sense because at least the Joker has like context for like what his shtick is. You know, this guy was like, I think this guy was a not. It wasn't Remy Malek's fault because he's a good actor, but the character as he was written was a terrible villain. Like, what he had no, he was just he was just there to be defeated. Yeah, I mean, I thought he was an interesting character. The whole mask thing was weird too. Why was he wearing that mask to hunt down her family? I think that was never explained, was it? Uh, no. Maybe. It Other wasn't. than his, he was scarred by the poison that they tried to kill his whole family. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't care about that. That could just be a visual aesthetic thing, and I'm fine with that. And like, there's a whole thing where he like gives her the box, and it's already obvious that he's the guy with the mask because of his like massive facial scarring. 
<laughs> but it's a nice reveal and whatever, and it's kind of like, how do you not realize that this is the same guy from his massive facial scarring? But I guess she was a child. I, yeah, I guess it's plausible that she wouldn't realize right away who he is. I'm sure she's seen many people with massive facial scarring and had that's, PTSD. That's fair. That's fair. But it was just kind of like, I don't really care what the man. It could have just been a visual thing, and that's fine. But I just felt like, as a villain, like he was very generic. And I agree, they didn't use... For, they could have done a really sinister villain and, and Rami Malek could have played him, but they didn't. It's hard to stop, It's hard to top um, Anthony Bardem. Javier Bardem. Hard, Javier. This, I agree, and this goes back to... I'm going to keep going back to the, comparing this to Skyfall. Like, Javier Bardem was an awesome villain and, like, he, so had, he had a thing that he was about and was, like... Like he had reasons why he was doing what he was doing and like had depth as a villain. And he was just like, and he was just weird. He yeah. played a really unique villain. Yeah. He was like chaotic, but in like a good way. And like, he was just, he was a, an original villain. And I think this is kind of ties into what I was saying earlier about it. This movie was trying too hard to be a bond film, to be a good bond film. Is that like, it ends with like James Bond going to the villain's super secret, very advanced like base on an island where he's got all of his like very austere vats of poison. It's like, yeah, he's got vats of like stuff that he's making, and then he has to blow it up. It's like that's how every single James Bond movie ends, like like literally every, like well, not literally, but like a lot of them end that way. Like with just that's how Spectre ended. Like James Bond goes to the secret base and they fight. And they blow it up or whatever. Same thing happens with like mm. Moonraker. Same thing happens in like a lot of other like old James Bond movies where they just he, Doctor No. They just go to the base, have a little standoff with the villain. Blah 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 blah. They destroy his like weapons of mass destruction, and he escapes with the Bond girl or whatever. It's like except he didn't. Except he didn't. Right. But it's just kind of like. Like show us something else, and that's why I think Skyfall was so good, is because it was like it was James Bond doing something original, and like didn't end the way normal James. It didn't. It was it was an original movie starring James Bond. It wasn't just a movie that was just like designed to be a Bond. The but same I think old thing. That's a that's a problem that you run into with a lot of series that are really big like the star wars ones when they tried to bring it all back and then in that trilogy terrible like so predictable you know so maybe that's just more of an issue with big hollywood films trying to end and wrap things up nicely for the audience i guess but i'm not entirely convinced of that because i felt like like I, we know that it's possible to make a Bond movie that it that is is both original, feels authentic to the franchise, and is good. And I mean, yeah, but you could say about every movie, like every genre of movie. Yeah, I guess I don't know. I don't feel like that's an unrealistic expectation. Like, make a good movie. <laughs> what about What's what about point? ending movies though for like big series? I don't. Th- I don't think that just because you're ending a movie means that you have to to do it in a generic way. No, I, I don't think it does either. But I'm just saying it's probably a bigger challenge than you know your 
your third movie in a series of five. That's true, but I felt like the way that they ended this was just like over the top generic. Like, like there are a lot of Bond movies that end with him like going to the villain's base. Like he gets captured by the villain. They have some like, like, like quasi polite banter. Get into like things escalate, and he has to fight people and then like destroy stuff. It's like that's like a very like just like overplay like we've already seen that before in like 10 different bond movies like true what's, what's some else? other things you didn't like all right well i'm curious what you guys hear about i have to say about this but 007 what is her problem oh she feels like she has something to prove clearly but uh, come on like act like you've been there before like, I I did not like 007, and if you guys want to chime in on this, but here's why I did not like her. She so obviously had this, like, weird, like, insecurity chip about, like, oh, I'm 007 now, so I have to be better than James Bond, and it's really important that he knows that I'm 007 and he's not. And so, to make sure that he remembers it, I'm going to frequently and overtly call out the fact that I'm 007 and he's not, just so he knows that I'm 007. And he's not. Yeah, that was like her shtick. Yeah. But it didn't really bother me too much in the whole playing of the movie. It bothered me a lot because, a lot because it was, number one, it was very annoying. It made it very hard to like her. And number two, I think it is like culturally significant that you're going to have a female like 007. And they're never going to, is never going to be a female James Bond because like Barbara Broccoli, who's like the producer who owns like James Bond franchise, like her family owns it has said James Bond is a dude and it's always going to be played by a dude. But I think it's culturally significant that there's like this, it's like, okay, there's this like female character, in the 007 role. It's like kind of the whole thing that's going on a lot right now of like, uh, trying to shift a lot of like gender stereotypes and like empower women and whatever. Right. That's cool. But I didn't feel like she was very empowering to women because she just kind of acted like this very, ins- like it would have been better if she had like, been 007 been good at being 007 and been like secure in that and been like been like i'm 007 now doesn't matter that i'm a woman i'm good at my job and i don't need to like constantly remind you that i'm good at my job but she seemed like this character who was very insecure about the fact that she was a woman trying to fill double like james bond 007's shoes and so it just made her seem like this very sort of like insecure and unlikable character whereas if you want to put a woman in that role to like empower women then make her actually like secure and empowered i get the insecure part i don't agree with the part about her being insecure as a woman i didn't get really that from anything she said it seemed more that just in general she was a character who is insecure with having to go up against a legendary agent who she was like taking his number from or whatever. That's fair. I might be putting some of that bias in there just from the external, like outside the movie. Right. Like it's obvious that that's what their goal was with putting a black woman in as that character, but I didn't get it from what she said or anything. That's fair. Caleb, do you have any thoughts? No, man. I mean, this stuff gets too deep for me. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I agree. I, I just in the fact that I didn't think 
I didn't think she was good at her job as a as an agent. Like, I mean, you know, Bond still had to come in and clean up basically everything that she wasn't able to do when they were kind of working together. But also, it's like she was trying to prove him wrong. But like Silas said, I mean, that doesn't have anything to do with her being a woman. It's just she she did get she got to the place in the forest so late. I know. What was I up know. with that? That's what I'm saying. It's just like, come on, you're, you're messing all of this up. Like. That's that's what frustrated me about it is like that this old guy had to come out of retirement and is still so good at what he does that like you know his predecessor or his uh, not predecessor but what's the opposite of the- successor yeah his successor like couldn't and he was just like all right well I'll just take care of it so uh, yeah I, that's what frustrated me the most uh, but I I uh- agree on the. I don't know. It just, it's like what David said. It, it's happening a lot now where it's like just these blatant efforts to try to be, uh, you know, overly politically correct and like to the point where it's just like, okay, like if you're going to do that, that's fine. No one cares if 007 is a woman, but either make it good or, you know, don't. It's just, I don't know. It can just get an old at some point. The whole scene of the chase in Norway bothered me. Oh, the car like chase? The, yeah. Like, where did they all come from? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. yeah. It like, was like, oh, okay. Out yeah, of the woods. Like, there's, all their, like, yeah, defenders. There's, <laughs> there's two cars that go past, and they're like, okay, oh, no, now they're following us. And then he just, he rams both of them off the road, and he's, like, going. And then out of nowhere, four more cars like four motorcycles and a helicopter come out of nowhere. Just, that bothered me a little bit. I, I think I laughed out loud when that happened. Same. Same. I, I think I threw my hands yeah. off or whatever. David. Also. It, but in the woods, he was like Rambo. So that was yeah, kind of cool. The woods scene was amazing. Yeah. I did think that they were able to find. I mean, the woods, first of all, are huge and it's foggy and it's dark. Like, I thought they were able to find them, the, Specifically, like the the mom and the daughter, like way too fast. I don't know. I mean, I guess they had to find them, or else the movie, you know, would have been over. But also, a little hut in the woods probably attracts a lot of attention if you're looking for people. I guess that's true. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. I was like, there's literally hide so there. much like ferns that are like as tall as you are. Just like go randomly in the middle of there and just lay down. There is a very low likelihood that they're going to find you, but if you like hide in this like very visible like man-made structure, they're probably going to check that. <laughs> yeah, I liked the uh, smiley guy. I thought he was a good villain. Uh, what do you think about that, David? Uh, and Caleb. Yeah, he was fine. He was like suitably annoying. He was. It was unclear like what I don't. I don't even understand who he was working for. Uh, the, I didn't. Who's the smiley uh, guy? Um, uh, oh, what was his name? Logan Ash. Yes, the guy who was working with Felix Leiter at first, but then killed. Oh, him oh, time. remember he was he was working for Remy Malik. Yeah. the whole time. Okay, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, he was like annoying in like a good villain way. Like he was mm-hmm. annoying, annoyingly. He was like kind of like had that like Dolores Umbridge vibe of like, oh, just. <laughs> Stop. Yeah, get him out of here. How did he end up? What 
he got crushed by oh, the car yes. in the woods. Yeah. But that's always the best. Like when you have this annoying villain, and they suffer like one of the most, the one of the more brutal deaths. You know, it's like okay, that yes. makes me feel better. Now I can enjoy the rest of the movie. The cars were awesome, though, and and it's funny because I follow like all these companies on Instagram. So I follow, you know, Land Rover and, and Triumph motorcycles and stuff. So I, I've been seeing all their, for lack of a better term, all their marketing around the movie and like all the vehicles that were going to be in it. And I'm just like, these are so cool. And of course the sports cars and, but to see those giant Land Rover defenders just like roaming through the woods and all this stuff, I'm like that's what they were made to do. But instead... <laughs> We've got a bunch of like down innocent children. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> that's what they were made to do. I just mean, you know, the off-roading, the the multi-terrain type stuff. But instead, we have all these like basically just in, in everyday life, all these rich people just driving around these hundred thousand dollar Range Rover or Land Rovers, and it's like nice truck. But it makes me happy to see them in the in the James Bond movie, like, doing that, and, like, whoa, just, like... In the mud, yeah, in the forest. Just doing all that. And the motorcycles, dude. Oh, Triumph motorcycles are so nice as it is, and it's just, just cool. I will say that lack of realism in that scene aside, I did enjoy the, the car chase. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did drive a little bit more, with a little bit more... Aggression? Yeah, that night. Um, uh, what else? What else we got? What are what are our thoughts here, gentlemen? Uh, um, I think it was unrealistic that James Bond, um, uh, not that he died, but that he just kind of was like, well, I gave up. Yeah, like like okay come on like you don't think Q can figure out some way to get rid of the nanobots like I'm sure he can probably figure it out just give it five years you can hang out with your daughter then yeah it was kind of nice though to see like just like that what I mentioned at the beginning I felt way more connected and just like you know you almost kind of want to cry at the end it's like man he like to see that actual like genuine love because you know James Bond has the reputation of just being floozy with the women and you know it's a new woman every movie or multiple women every movie and it's like wow he really did like you know just like very touching to to see the care that he had for his not even wife I mean, were they married no, yeah they of course not, not. No. <laughs> I mean come on James moves too quick come for on. that but uh, you know the the Baby mama and the baby, you know, that was kind of nice and touching to see that, that care. Um, although I will say out of the, the two prominent Jane, uh, Bond women in this film, the, the Cuban was the better choice, but that's okay. I, <laughs> I was going to say, I definitely agree with you on that, point, but I don't, I was not on the point about the women. <laughs> Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say I agree with you. I I like the movie. I think because it showed Bond with a nice change. He changed after this whole journey of all the movies. Like, yeah, he had his heart broken, 
he didn't trust anybody like he did he he dealt with he dealt with some demons in his past um i'm trying to think of what else even you could say he dealt with but lots of evil people lots trying of to evil destroy people the world dealt with them the but loss then, of his like, mentor loss of his mentor true 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 and then in his personal life at this one you know he gets his trust broken again he thinks and then to find out it's restored and she was good and then to find out that there's like this other purpose and the higher purpose and he's like willing to sacrifice for that at the end of the movie i thought was pretty nice uh just growth for his character after all these movies yeah, I'll agree with that. He did he did have a nice arc. I like that they like tied it all, kind of chained it all together and put a bow on top. Yeah. It's like a self-contained little bond uh universe. So I appreciate that even if they didn't do it the way I would have <laughs> recommended. So you liked the Anna de Armas character, huh? Caleb the Cuban. I mean, if I yes. <laughs> <laughs> I I thought she was interesting. I was like expecting her to be a more significant like character, but it was literally yeah. just like she just showed up for this one mission and then was gone. Yeah. So, she was also in Knives Out. Yeah. That's true. Oh, and I didn't even think about that. That Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Um, I thought that kind of plays into the humor part that you're talking about, Silas, because like how she was like nervous like that's funny to be like because yeah. all we know of these secret agents are that, that you know they're always super calm and collected they know what like they're obviously great at their jobs and they're very sleuthy and all that stuff and for her to be like nervous was kind of funny she's like i've only been on the job for like three weeks or something you know to approach it like a a normal job and and have like those like first you know, few weeks or whatever uh, jitters. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. But then, of course, was she was still like crazy good. You know, obviously, well, yeah. Being a spy, so that was cool. Um. So, who's next to be the Bond for Bond? Yeah, who do you think should be next? Are you talking about play Bond or B007 in this universe? Because this universe no, is no. probably done, right? No. Who should play double, like James Bond in the next? Hmm. I would speak to that, but my knowledge of actors is so limited, and I'm also afraid that David would judge me severely. Uh, I'm, I don't know, depending on if he's judge you for not knowing the actor no, or judge, judge me for, for my choice gut instinct you want to hear my gut instinct first actor that pops into my mind sure yeah let's hear it tom hardy <laughs> see tom hardy jumps to mind because he's such a big like action star but he's too rough he's too rough around yeah. the edges i agree he's too big too. i, also, I feel like like yeah, bond has to be, be that like kind of like bond. classic like obviously ripped but you know a clean-cut gentleman, almost. Tom, Tom Hardy is not as big as you think he oh, is. Oh, yeah. He's probably, what, like 5'7"? I think he is actually like 5'7". <laughs> he's not normally, like... He's not He's not like walking around like Bane. Oh, okay. F- like, he's 5'9". 
Um, but that's like all actors. I feel like, I mean, this was so crazy. Is that these actors, people swoon over and, you know, like, oh, if only I could, you know, if only I could be with Tom Hardy. And then they're like, oh, he's 5'9". Never mind. Only over six foot for me. <laughs> I mean, hey, I'm fine with that. Uh, I think The Rock should be the, the next Rock. <laughs> I think they had to be British. Uh, here's an off-the-wall choice. Rupert Grint. <laughs> Who is that? Ron Weasley. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Not really. I don't think he'd be a good choice. Ooh, uh, ooh I just look like <laughs> current photos of him. He looks terrible. Yeah. If we're going the whole like racial route, Idris Ilba. Yeah, I like him as an actor, but I think he's too old. Wow. I think we need to go for somebody young. Henry Cavill would be like your your stereotype. <sighs> he's too big. He really is too big. <laughs> I want. I don't want. I'm, I'm looking at a list. A lot of these guys are like. I definitely older. do not want Robert Pattinson to be. Oh really? I think he could no, be an no. okay choice. He's, he's just done too much stuff. And anybody who's been in Twilight should not be in Bond. I don't think he's like proud of being in Twilight. He Good. shouldn't be. Still though, it's a black mark on his record. Oh, Dev Patel? Eddie Redmayne? Uh He's too skinny. Uh, ooh, what about Dan Stevens? Don't know who that is. Uh, he's best known for Downton Abbey. He could be good. Uh, could do Dan Stevens. What about Christian Bale? Too old. Ah, uh, too old. He's probably as old as Daniel Craig. No oh, way. Whoa! Apparently, apparently Daniel Craig handpicked Anna De Armas to play her in that movie after working with her on Knives Out. That's cool. Man, that would be like to. Can you imagine how cool that would be? Like to be handpicked by Daniel Craig. Hey, you're like you were really. I want you in the next Bond movie with me. You were really good last time. I'm gonna pick you. Craig also said he would retire from the role of James Bond if he felt he was too old to play the character. Which he's too old to play the character now. Is that why? Apparently so. I mean, he's 53. He said it. He said it had become harder to be fit enough, uh, and he had to use more doubles for the action sequences. Mm. Oh, I'll say he looked great in this movie. Like his physique was excellent. Yep. These movies always get me amped up. Like, so I'm ready to like. Okay, now's the time I'm gonna get in shape. Like, after seeing James Bond, you know, just, like, how good he looks in a suit and how capable he is as a fighter, like, now I'm going to get in shape. And that lasts, like, 30 minutes after I'm done with the movie. Of course, the whole movie I'm eating, like, a large popcorn, so it doesn't help anything, but <laughs> it's, like, every, no, no matter what, every time, like, I watch a good action movie or something, I, I get that feeling. For the absolute none of you out there who care, um, 
Skyfall was shot entirely on digital and there were rumors that all of them would be shot on digital, but Spectre was shot on 35 film and this one was shot on 65 film. What's the difference? Like, could you tell us quick or, or uh, easily like for us to understand what the major difference is in that? Uh, I don't even know if I really understand the differences other than I'm sure it's a lot harder on film. Yeah. Like, I'm sure you have to light everything a lot more, whereas digital, you know, just like, it's a lot easier to work with conditions. And probably special effects are easier on film, or on digital, I would imagine. Yeah. I don't know anything about film. I mean, as far as, like, the technicalities of it. Yeah, David, I don't... I don't know who else could be the next Bond. Uh, one of the names I've seen a little bit is... Um, uh, Richard Madden, uh, who I've never seen in anything but looks good. Here's an interesting one. This might come out of left field, but I think it could be very, 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 very interesting if they did it right. Ooh, Richard Madden could be really good. I've never seen him in anything, but he's got the face for it. Yeah. Okay. Tell me what you think of this. Tom Holland. I was just thinking no. that. Really? Yeah. I was no. just hard thinking no, that. hard pass from Silas up front. Hard pass. I mean, I why too yeah. well known. Too, too well big. known. Yeah. Daniel Craig is very well known. No, he wasn't before Bond. I hadn't seen him in anything before Bond. Had you? No, but I think that, that might speak more to us being Americans than it does to like his no. celebrity. No, I mean, no, no. I mean, some of the other guys we've talked about are pretty well known. I do think it'd be tough like, for him to go from Spider-Man. Like, it'd have to be probably three to five years removed from whenever his last Spider-Man movie is for for mm, anybody fair. to like seriously like kind of make that shift in their mind from and take him seriously because Spider-Man is such a funny kind of like obviously lighthearted character that it would be hard to I think don't get me wrong I, I like him as an actor and I have you guys you guys haven't but he did the devil all the time 2020. Oh, was that like a was very that that war interesting movie? Or movie. Something? I don't know how <laughs> to describe it. It's okay. a thriller. It's a thriller drama, but he played really interesting character in that. Um, but no, I don't think he could be Bond. I think you need when you have a role that's big like that. I think it's best to do a relatively unknown person so they can just grow into the role almost and just not have any expectations. I'm actually going to... That's fair. That's fair. I'm going to send you guys... Actually, um, just remembered, I saw a news article that had a suggestion for the next Bond, and I thought it was not a bad idea, so I'm going to send it to you in a group message. Um, You guys tell me what you think. Caleb, it says eight replicas 
of the gunmetal gray Aston Martin DB5 were especially designed for this movie. Wow. That's crazy. Oh, my God. I'm good at that. So, obviously, you know, for people who, who do not, cannot see what I just sent, uh, it's a, an article from, or a headline from The Onion saying that Wallace Shawn emerges as frontrunner to replace Daniel Craig as James Bond. Um, I mean, I wouldn't know who Wallace Shawn was without seeing his face, but it's that guy from The Princess Bride, the inconceivable guy. <laughs> yeah, not the not West. Yeah. <laughs> so that's just so funny. First of all, to see his face associated with James Bond, it's just hilarious. Uh, but yeah. Well, I still think there's a potential case to be made for Tom Holland. I think if they did a a, a like like James Bond when he's first first starting out could could be interesting. No. It could be interesting. I'm not saying it's the right move. I'm just saying it's some a path that they could consider. Yeah. But I'll believe it the, when I see it. I think the risk there is it ends up becoming like a rip off of, rip off of Kingsman, which I have not seen. Uh, I'll give you one last trivia. At age 38, Remy Malik is the same age as Donna Craig when he started the first one in Casino Royale. That's so wild. I mean, I didn't... I looked it up today just to kind of... Because I was thinking back, like, have I seen all of Daniel Craig's movies? And I I definitely don't think I've seen Casino Royale or Quantum of Solace. I think the past three I've seen. But... To see that Casino Royale was 2006, I was like, man. I mean, I, you know, we were 10 years old when that came out. Been in the game, been in the game a long, I know. long time. It's crazy. That's the game. All right. Well, the future of James Bond as a franchise remains to be seen. Yes. Uh, we should give our actual ratings now. Yeah, uh, it's a six and for me. Wrap this up. Six for me. Six for I'm you. Caleb. Eight for me. Still think it's an over. I'll do eight as well. That averages out to what, like a seven and a half? <laughs> oh no, we don't do averages here. Just saying, we don't do averages. Why not? We could. No, we just we never have. Yeah, we haven't. All right, so we don't. Let's pick our next film. So. um we have to kind of make a decision here. So, this will release on Monday. The We're going to do some live discussion here with our listeners. This will release on the 18th. Later that week, the 22nd, or I guess probably technically the 21st, Dune comes out. We're definitely doing Dune. I'm going to insist upon it. Uh, the question is, do we want to do Dune that following week and turn around a full episode basically next weekend or would we rather have one in between? We should do one in between. Okay. <laughs> that was like... I'm not you sure. said that. Yeah, I'm not sure that was no, no. English. We should do one in between. Like, <laughs> one in between. Uh, Okay. I apologize, the uh, listeners. A struggle. Okay. We should do Venom do in between. To do I'm not doing <laughs> Ooh, that. Do I'm kidding. Do Venom? I mean, I, I want to see it, it, but I don't want to make y'all watch it and do a 
Wait, wait, wait. Uh, say it again one more time. So this is going to come out the 17th. 18th. 18th. The next one will come out Halloween or the 20-something? The, the next uh, Dune releases is in theaters later that yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when will the next the podcast next come out? The podcast will come out on the 25th, hopefully. One week, yeah. So okay. we're going to try to get back so on the weekly a week after. rotation. Yes. Then that one should be a Halloween themed one. Ooh. So I'm kind of. Oh, you're right. You're right. Ghost story. What is. Okay. I'm trying to see if there's any other. Called a ghost story. Is that a new release? Or is it. um, Has it been out? 2017, maybe? I can. Ooh. This. Man, I am not like a big scary movie guy, and I'll, I mean, for, I like watching them. I'm just gonna say this is not really okay. a scary. I like movie. watching them in groups. I mean, that's the best time to watch it, like a scary or whatever kind of movie, horror movie. Um, but in all seriousness, I don't a don't read in- don't read anything about Ghost Story if. Uh, we're, if we are going to right. that one. I will not. Is that the one you guys want to do? I'm no, fine we don't with have that. To. I, also, I also put Lamb on the list. That's an actual like thriller horror movie. I don't know if I want to do a actual... I also missed But that cat. one's not out yet. Oh, it's not? Okay. Or, or is it out? Oh, oh it I out. saw the yeah, preview out. for that. It looks like wild, yeah. doesn't it? Uh, ooh, maybe I don't want to watch it then. Uh, I, I really don't like scary Okay. Well, a ghost story may be perfect then. It's okay. like thought provoking. Let's do ghost story. Let's do ghost All right. So we'll watch ghost story. Adam will be pleased. And that will come out on the 25th. Dune will come out whatever the next, that next Monday is, which I think that next yep. Monday is yep, yep, yep. what the November 1st. Oh, the first, the first. So after Halloween directly after. Yes. All right, listeners. Go watch a ghost story and go see 2017 and go see Dune in theaters. Yes, not just any ghost story though, the specific movie. I'll, I will link to it in the description. Thank you. I got gotcha. you. And get hyped for Dune. I'm so excited for Dune. If you want to, you can read the entire book. It's pretty long. <laughs> uh, it took me no like two years to read it. Oh. <laughs> Not but, you know not in a week cons- you could not knock it out consistently. My dad read it pretty quickly. I was not very consistent about reading it. It slows down in some bits, but maybe it'll. Okay. okay, I'm very excited for it though. Uh, it's going to be an interesting conversation because I, as far as I know, I'm the only one of the three of us who has read. Dude. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. So it will be interesting for me to discuss it since I will have a fair amount of context for the characters outside of. Um, the movie. I'm also interested to see how they pronounce everything. Like, is it? I say Duke Leto, but Adam says Duke Leto, like Jared Leto. And I have no idea what you're talking uh, about. We shall see. So, it's yeah, of, it's the name of one of the characters played by Oscar Isaac, who I am very excited about him playing that. I think he's a great Hyped. choice for that role. Anyways, uh, this was a podcast about. James Bond. I think you mean Bond, James Bond. 
Jump on Susan. That was another thing I didn't like. That was like they had to slide that line in there. They slide that in every single one. I know, but it's like just they also did the be willing to break from the source material. They also did the classic like turn and shoot. Yes, that That was was cool. I thought where he just went. I loved that. Shot the guy. That was acceptable. That was like a nice homage since it was his it last one. It was good. And they scared. don't do that every single movie. So that was fun. Yeah. I was okay with that. All right. This has been this has been another episode of No Sevens. Another? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I thought that we were going to trade off. Next time. Anyways. All right. Thanks for listening. Peace. Thank you for listening.